0: God description. Amen. He will show you things to come. Hallelujah. Let me invite you to turn your Bibles this, this evening. We're here and God is demonstrating some things. Amen. Praise the Lord. But he confirms his word. Amen. He confirms his word. So let's just look a little bit here at his, at uh, some things that God is saying. John's gospel. John's gospel chapter. I believe I want to go to 16. Yes, John chapter 16. We uh, touched on it just for a moment this morning. We're glad you're here tonight. We're glad you've come on a Sunday night. Praise God. You will not be disappointed. Glory to God. It's awesome that so many of you have come on a Sunday night. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> And we want to, and I meant to say this this morning, and I, and I neglected, I forgot, that actually today is the, this church's 21st anniversary. So happy anniversary, Pastor Terry and Diane and the church. Amen. Isn't it nice for God to just organize a little party for us? Amen. Praise God. Well, you know, we think oftentimes of uh, 21 and the natural, you know, kind of coming of age. And so uh, just imagine all the things that are available now that you're 21. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. And we also want to add our thanks to uh, those of you who have been in preparation for these meetings. Uh, Anything Kevin and I have often said, and Kevin has said this so many times, and, and I'll echo it. He said, anything that happens good in the church doesn't happen by accident. There are people behind everything that happens. The worship, you know, you don't ordinarily have a Sunday night. There was had to be preparation for that this evening. Amen. You don't ordinarily have child care. There had to be preparation for that. You don't ordinarily, ordinarily have. So all the helps ministry, we're thankful that you're here. Amen. And that you give of your time. Amen. It's a special time. And so there's seed planted in that. Amen. Praise God. And we know that there have been, there have been people praying especially for these meetings. And uh, Kevin mentioned it yesterday. Our travel went so smoothly yesterday. To get here, we had been in meetings in New York and Pennsylvania the last couple of weeks. And uh, so yesterday we had an hour and a half drive just to get to the airport in the morning. And then we traveled uh, from Newark to Minneapolis, Minneapolis to St. Louis, got here, got the rental car, you know, drove to the hotel, got with the pastors. We had dinner last night and set up our equipment. And everything just went so smoothly. Kevin said, somebody else is praying besides us. You can feel it. You can tell it. So um, thank you for that. So you have seed in these meetings. And so the people who are healed, the people who were healed this morning, the people who will be receiving healing tonight and revelation, and you all have a place in that. Amen? Praise the Lord. And so this is a team. It's all a, part, it's all a part of us each doing our own part that makes it happen. Amen? Praise the Lord. And how many of you realize that God knows you're here? Amen. He knows you're here. Sometimes we get in church and we think, oh, I wish so-and-so would have been here. You know, we always wish everybody was here, you know. But there are times when we think, you know, we hear the word and we think, oh, so-and-so really needed this or, or, boy, I wish they were here. But how many of you know God knows you're here? And so the ones he's speaking to first are the ones who are in the room. Later on when recordings are made and things like that, other people can get in on it. But the first ones he's talking to are the ones who are here. So you're in the right place at the right time tonight and god has a word for us amen here in john's gospel the 16th chapter and the 12th verse jesus said jesus said i still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them now now at the time he's talking he's talking to his disciples right before he left And so he said, I've still got so much to tell you that uh, you can't bear right now. And the reason they couldn't bear it right now is because they weren't yet born again. They didn't yet have the Holy Spirit, the greater one on the inside, the teacher on the inside. So he says, you can't get this yet. You won't understand it. It'll just be information to you until you get the Holy Spirit. Amen. Did you realize that the, the, the whole early New Testament church, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit? Amen. Because whenever they came across believers who hadn't yet been filled with the Holy Spirit, they said, have you received the Holy Spirit? They said, we didn't know. And then before they were gone, they they had been filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. So all of the epistles, all of the New Testament is written to spirit filled believers. That's why there's so much contention about some of these things. Doctrinally is because unspirit filled people are trying to argue. Spirit things. (laughs) And, you know, the Bible says you can't get this stuff without the Holy Spirit. You won't understand it. You've got to know it in here by the witness of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So aren't you thankful for the teacher who's on the inside of us? Amen. Yeah. And so Jesus said, I still have so much to tell you, but you can't bear it now. But here's the good news. When he, the spirit of truth, is, has come, he, everybody say he, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. King James says he will show you things to come. So he will guide you, he will speak to you, and he will show you. Amen? So if he's guiding, someone needs to follow. If he's speaking, someone needs to hear. And if he's showing, someone needs to see. Praise the Lord. And so anytime time we come together in his presence, he will be guiding, he will be speaking, and he will be showing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So you can expect revelation knowledge to flow every time you come in this place. Amen. Because it's God's... Uh, um, um, mo it's god's way of communicating with us amen through your pastor amen through whomever is behind this pulpit that god will use to speak to your heart amen and then again the holy spirit just in your own individual life will show you things to come he will guide you into truth he will speak praise god whatever he hears amen what a wonderful life it is amen wonderful life so he's confirming some things tonight Glory to God. He confirms His Word with signs following. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He's showing us things. He's guiding us into truth. He is who we're listening to tonight. Amen? He is who we're leaning on tonight. We've come in His name, in His presence. Praise the Lord. So we can have absolute confidence that He will do everything He said He would do. Amen? Because we don't have to make anything happen. We just have to cooperate with Him. Amen? And, and and I'm glad, and I love cooperating with the Holy Spirit. I love working with God. Paul said this, we are laborers together with God. We are laborers together with God, he said in 1 Corinthians. We are laborers together with God. We work with God. Again, everything God does, he does by relationship with people. Amen. He doesn't make us do anything, but the more you work with him, the more you realize it's just a partnership with him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Just like uh, Paul said it this way as well. He said, um, uh, you know, we're, we're one with him. And he compared it to a husband and wife being one, that we're one with him. Jesus prayed that we would have an understanding that we're one with the Father, even as Jesus is one with the Father. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so just like married couples can finish one another's sentences sometimes and, and know where they're going in conversation, you know, uh, something Kevin and I, we could just look at each other and know what we're thinking, you know, a lot of times. And uh, that's the way it ought to be with God. Amen. It ought to be normal to hear from God, normal to work with God. Praise the Lord. Absolutely comfortable. And 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 not question, was that God or was that me? We're one, you see. We work with Him. Amen. And so we rely completely on Him, but we cooperate fully with Him. Amen. Praise the Lord. So look with me to Acts the, the third chapter, Acts chapter three. Let's jump into what God wants to do tonight. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> glory we were in czechoslovakia years ago i know it's called the czech republic now but that was when it was still czechoslovakia and we were there and we uh met some uh pastors who had us and some other ministers into their their church and they were putting on an evangelistic crusade and they said uh they came and had breakfast with us before we drove to the city where they were and and uh and their, their, they had an interpreter with them because they didn't speak any English. They had an interpreter with them, and, and uh, he had this really interesting accent, you know. And, and uh, he said, uh, we, they said, we know what, what the disciples must have felt working with Jesus every day and anticipating what he might do, you know. And uh, so then they finally said, and this," they must have every day said, what that Jesus would do today. <laughs> And it just warmed our hearts because that's the way they felt about these meetings that were coming up. They said, what that Jesus would do today. Amen. And I've just kind of been sensing that all about this meeting. What that Jesus would do today. Amen. What does he want to do today? So here in Acts chapter 3, praise God, verse 3, or excuse me, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. This man's been there every day. Jesus had to have passed by him. Amen. Different times going into the temple. He was laid daily to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. Look at us. Sometimes you don't know. Don't don't look at me. But he said, look at us. Look at me. Look at me. Get you. Have you done that with your kids? Look at me. (laughs) Right. Look at me when I why you want their attention. Don't be distracted. Look at us. He said, silver and gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In other words, I know I have something you need that's better than what you're asking for. (laughs) Amen. Better than what you're asking for. You think? You know how many times we get in a situation where we even we even think this is what I need, right? Sometimes even where sickness or disease is concerned, sometimes all we really we sometimes all we ask for is relief from pain. When really we just need complete healing and health. Amen? But we think, well, I'll just, I'll just, if I could just get relief from the pain. And sometimes we, we, we kind of think that direction because sometimes that's all we ask from the doctors. If you can just relieve my symptoms. Right? But how many of you know God can do way more than doctors can? Doctors, thankfully, can help relieve symptoms. They can uh, put some things in and take some things out and, and medicate and do some things, but they're not the healer. Amen, They don't have the power to heal. They have knowledge of the body and how the body operates and can work with it with, with you know, adding pharmaceuticals and things like that, but they can't actually heal. Healing is in God's power. Amen. Hallelujah. The good news is he is willing to let you have it. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes, you know, people are like, well, I know it's in God's hands. Well, it's, uh, everything's, you know, everything's in God's hands. And sometimes people say, well, you know, everything happens for a reason. I'm sorry, but that phrase just is one of those things that just gets on my my faith nerve. Because when normally when people say everything happens for a reason, they mean that any, all the, even the bad stuff, the good stuff, that God has a reason for it to happen in your life. That's what they're saying. Well, I will agree that everything happens for a reason. It's just not the reason you think. Huh, right? It's not God for the most part when things happen. Right? The bad stuff, especially because every good and perfect gift comes from the father of life in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He doesn't work with the devil and give the devil power to do stuff over you. The devil's just the devil. He does what he's good at and what he can get away with. (laughs) Amen. And so it happens for a reason that there's an enemy on the earth and he has come to steal, to kill and to destroy. Amen. Now, do good things happen as a result? Sometimes awesome things happen after people understand. They get the victory, and then they go, oh, look, God let that happen so this person would get saved. No, that's not why it happened. Thank you that the person got saved. But, <laughs> amen, God didn't send it. Send sickness on you to get somebody else saved. Ever. <laughs> amen. Amen. Does he use things? Absolutely, because he will use anything you give him. Amen. He'll use it. When we turn to him, he can use it. Praise God. But he didn't send the bad stuff so somebody else would get saved. Let me say it again. Ever. Amen. Amen. Uh, we ought to just go uh, help people get saved, whether anything ever happens to us or not. You know, we just ought to just love people enough to reach out to them. Amen. Praise the Lord. So um, this man here needed to be healed, but he's looking for money because he's looking for a way to cope with what he's got. He can't make a living. He can't work, right? So he needs help. He needs handouts. And Peter said, "Uh, look at us. I don't have silver and gold. I've got something better i got something better. i got something more than just relief of symptoms. We've got your answer, he said. Look at us. We've got your answer. And so what did he say? Look what he said here. And he took him in the name of what, what I do have, I give you, verse 6, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. What a bold statement. In the name of Jesus, get up. Well, this man's been there every day. He's been lame since his mother's birth, since his birth. From his mother's womb, the Bible says. And all of a sudden, today's different. Every other day's been the same. But all of a sudden, Peter and John said, look at us. I have something for you. I have something for you. But notice what they did not do. They did not pray for him. They didn't pray for him. As a matter of fact, the primary way that God uses us, we hardly ever pray for people for healing. Is it scriptural to pray? Absolutely. James says, Is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over them, anointing them with oil, and the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. Amen. Absolutely scriptural to pray. But we hardly ever pray for people to be healed. As a matter of fact, this morning I didn't pray for anybody to be healed. We didn't pray for anybody this morning. We used the name of Jesus and declared, amen? That's another way. Here, Peter and John didn't say, look at us, let us pray for you. They said, look at us. We have something. We know we have something. We have something to give you. We have something. (laughs) I don't have silver and gold, but I have what you need. In the name of Jesus, get up. And he did. Amen. And he did. Praise the Lord. He took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately, everybody say immediately. Don't you love that word immediately, immediately, praise God, his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping and praising God. Hallelujah. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Praise God. And so, now as the lame man who was healed, verse 11, held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people. Look, verse, verse 12, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? Look at verse 16. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Praise God. So I want to call your attention to this fact. They did not pray for the man. They simply used the name that they just got. <laughs> because Jesus said in that day, after he's resurrected from the dead, he said in that day, praise God, you will ask what you will and it will be done. And that word ask in John chapter 14 means demand. Why? Why? jesus said i'll do it you do it you say it in my name and i will do it hallelujah because there is a name that is above every name the name of jesus is above every name hallelujah Amen. amen glory to god we so um Uh, most of the time, uh, our knowledge of the name has been limited to using it in prayer. In the name of Jesus, we ask in the name of Jesus, and we pray in the name of Jesus, and it is right to do it. Amen? It's right to pray in his name. Praise God. That's what he said, you know? He said, after this, he says, you'll pray in my name. And he said, and I'm not saying that I'll ask the Father on your behalf. No, he says, you get to go directly to the Father in my name. Isn't it wonderful? We get to go directly to the Father in the name of Jesus. And this is the confidence that we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, we know He hears us. And if we know He hears us, we know we have the petitions we've desired of Him. I love how positive God is that we can know things. Amen? Not wonder. Know We can know. We can have confidence. Amen. So we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Confidently. Praise God. But I think sometimes the body of Christ is still a little limited in our um, acting just in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. But so much is available just in his name. Faith in his name. Why? He's alive. When we use the name of Jesus, we are not saying in memory of Jesus. Amen. This is not a memorial service tonight. Hallelujah. It's a celebration of life tonight. Resurrection power in the name that's above every name. When we say in the name of Jesus, we're not telling the devil, remember what Jesus did to you. We're telling him we know Jesus is alive, and you have to bow your knee, and you have to tremble at his name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. You, you wonder even, even today why um, there's such a resurgence of a fear of the name of Jesus. Have you noticed I mean, you know, here after Peter and John ministered to this man, they were threatened and told not to preach in the name. After this amazing miracle of a man everybody knew because he was there every single day, this man got healed and they got in trouble. They said, listen, we don't mind that you preach. Just don't don't use the name. Don't use the name. Don't use the name. And so today... Even politically and those kinds of things, you know, it's like we don't mind that you're Christians, just don't use Jesus. You could be a Christian, you could be a Christian, you can be a Buddhist, you can be whatever, just, you know, uh, everybody's the same, we're all the same. No, we're not. Let me say it again, proudly and boldly, we're not the same. I'm a new creature because of him. Amen. I'm not the same as the world. Not because of anything I did, except that I received what he did. That made me different. Amen. Because he's alive. He's not dead. This isn't religion. This is a relationship with a living, breathing God. And that's why he does miracles. Because he's alive. We're not coming to celebrate his death. We're celebrating his resurrection. We can have confidence that he confirms his word because he's alive. Amen? And that name of Jesus was conferred on him. The Bible says that God gave him a name above every name. Philippians says. Right? When that name was actually conferred upon him was not just when he was born in this world and they called his name Jesus. But the name above every name was conferred on him because he was resurrected and he was raised up from the dead. That's why the name is so powerful. Not because it represents a historical figure, but because the name he got that powerful name when he was raised up from the dead and went back up to the father in heaven. And so today, even politically, don't say the name of Jesus. You can pray in school, just don't, don't say Jesus. It's all the, everybody has to be the same. Well, we're not the same. Because Jesus made us different. Jesus himself made us different. And God gave him a name that is above every name, not the same as every name. We've got to celebrate the name of Jesus and be bold about the name of Jesus. Glory to God. So today, when people say, oh, just don't say the name, and we all go, oh, it's okay. Look, they let us pray. Who let you pray? And when did you give them the power to let you do anything? <laughs> Amen. Come on. <laughs> Right? Oh, we got to pray, but we, we we just couldn't say Jesus, but we got to pray. Jesus. The reason there is such a a pressure to stop saying the name is not because it's political. It's because every knee has to bow. To that name. And not because we're in pride as Christians. Amen. It's not an arrogance that we use the name. No, no, no. It's in love we use the name. And because we believe in the power of him and everything he represents. Because his name is him. It's it's him himself. When we say Jesus, he said, I will do it. Not it will be done because you use the name. No, I will do it. I think everyone in here would agree. If Jesus was here in human fleshly form tonight, we would expect to receive miracles. Amen. Yeah, well, it's Jesus. And so Peter and John, when they saw that man, they said, in the name of Jesus, we know what we have in him. We have been invested now with power from on high, and we can use his name freely. And he said, I will do it. Why do we wonder, will it happen this time? Well, I don't know. I don't really know that person. (laughs) Do you know Jesus? He is our healer. He is your healer. So we're not praying. You don't have to have confidence in my prayers tonight. Right? Right? See, when we talk about praying for one another, in context, in the Bible, in James, the fifth chapter, says, Is any, any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Amen? Which means, let him call for those whom he knows are walking in something even greater than he's walking in. Bible tells us to know those that labor among you. Amen? Prayer is powerful because of relationship. Amen? Once again, you trust the other person. You trust your pastors. Amen. You pray in the name of Jesus said the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. Amen. But uh, where where prayer is concerned, it's in the context of church. Really. When you see other um, ministries or ministers on television, stuff very rarely are they actually praying for the sick. Really, they're ministering, and we're ministering God's power to you with a special anointing to minister to you from God and using the name of Jesus. So you don't have to trust our prayer life, (laughs) right? But I will tell you, we have a prayer life, all right, so you know. We are completely reliant on him, amen, absolutely. But what I'm saying is we're not praying for the sick. We're ministering God's healing power to you. In the name of Jesus. So Peter said, why are you looking at us like our own godliness or our own power is on it? No, it's faith in the name. In the name. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) Glory to God. Didn't Didn't that sound good? Didn't that feel good? Just to say his name. Come on, let's say it again. Jesus. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Praise his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says this in Acts, the 10th chapter. You don't need to turn there but the 38th verse. Many of you could probably even quote it. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Whenever Jesus himself did miracles, he even pointed to the father. He said, it's not even me doing it. It's God doing it. Jesus himself said, always pointed us to the father. It's him. It's him in me doing the work. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. In the, in the 19th chapter of Acts, it said that God did unusual miracles. God did. Everybody say, God did. God did unusual miracles through the hands of Paul. God did it. Not Paul. God. God did it through Paul. Amen? Praise the Lord. Philip went down to Samaria and preached Christ to them. And, and the Bible says that the people gave heed, both hearing and seeing the miracles which were done through his hands. Praise the Lord. God did miracles through Philip's hands. The Bible says that God uh, uh, did uh, miracles through Stephen in Acts, the sixth chapter. Stephen was a man full of faith and full of power who did miracles and signs among the people. God did it through Stephen. Amen. Barnabas and Paul, the Bible says in Acts, the 14th chapter in the third verse, that the signs were wrought through Barnabas and Saul. They did signs and wonders among the people. Amen. It is not unusual for God to use people. Amen. To use people with unusual, what we would call unusual things. Amen. Not the norm in the sense of, you know, everyday occurrences, but they can be the norm for Christians. Ought to be the norm for Christians. Amen? Praise the Lord. What we call supernatural ought to be natural to the believer. Amen? Because what we call supernatural, we think in our mind, is a rare occurrence. But with God, since God, all things are possible to them that believe. Amen? These things shouldn't be rare. Amen. They ought to be normal in the life of a believer. That's why Peter and John were so bold to say to that man. They'd seen him there day after day after day. And suddenly they said, hey, look at us. We got something. We got something for you today. We didn't have it a few days ago, but we got it now. We got the name of Jesus. Get up. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 It's God doing the work because Jesus is alive. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. He wants us well so much. He gave us so many methods to receive from him. There isn't just one way to receive from God. There are many ways to receive from God. Jesus was was marveling. He was uh, amazed at a man who came, a centurion, a Roman, not even one of his own people, came to him and said, if you just speak the word, my servant will be well. And Jesus said, I haven't found this kind of faith in all my own people. You can receive from God then, in other words, without the assistance of any other human. Isn't that right? You could just believe what he said. And isn't that wonderful when we just, I mean, that means no matter where you are, you do not have to have any assistance. You can just believe what God said. We call that great faith, right? That's what Jesus called it, great faith. Just believe what I say. Amen? Praise the Lord. But that's not the only way to receive. We often say it's the best way to receive because you don't need assistance from anyone else. Amen? Therefore, you're never at a loss. And even then when opposition comes, you can still stand because you know, I can just believe God. I don't have to have another human right now. Amen? Because how many of you know the devil likes to counterattack? Amen? Even after you've received healing, sometimes he'll lie and go, wait a second, uh, feel that. <laughs> There's a symptom. Oh, no, maybe I'm not healed. That's exactly what he wants you to think. So you've got to stand. You've got to believe what God said. Amen? So oftentimes we say great faith is the best way to receive simply because you can you sustain it, maintain it without any help from another person. Right? But just because we say that's the best way doesn't mean it's the ultimate way in the sense that if you can't get it that way, you, sh- you can't get it at all. Amen? And I think sometimes we kind of almost confuse ourselves and think, well, I have to get it all by myself or God won't be happy. Listen, God's happy just the fact that you get healed. He sent Jesus so that you would be well, and he gave us many methods to receive. He's happy at any measure of faith, any amount of faith that we use. He's just like, yes, I'll meet you. Amen? So great faith. Or the Bible says in Mark chapter 16, these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they'll lay hands on the sick, and they'll recover. A transfer takes place when a believer lays hands. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's awesome. That's awesome. That means you don't have to call up a specific minister to come and lay hands on you. Any believer can lay hands on the sick. And really in context, he's talking about believers going out into the world, not really just laying hands on each other. (laughs) Amen. That means we're supposed to get out there and use what God's given us. Amen. Praise the Lord. And then we, 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 we mentioned James, the fifth chapter. Is any sick among you? Let him Google. Is that what it says? <laughs> Beware of Google when you get symptoms. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Just warning you. Beware. Because that kind of information sometimes can, can give you the rarest of rarest diseases. Yeah. No, is any sick among you? Let him call. And notice he said, let him call. Don't wait for the pastor to call you. Right? Why is it so important that if you're the sick one, you call? So many times people want to think, well, how come nobody noticed I'm sick? How come nobody's calling me? Nobody cares. No, but the Bible tells you, if you're sick, you call. Why? You take that step of faith. Amen. That's you. That's you acknowledging God. I'm asking for help. I'm not expecting everybody to get it for me, but I need some help. And I'm calling the elders of the church. I'm calling the, the pastors or whomever they designate to come and pray. Praise God. Amen. And let him call. And then the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. Amen. Then we also have God wants us healed so much that he manifests himself through what we call manifestations of the Holy Spirit. We touched on that a little bit this morning. First Corinthians, the 12th chapter, right? How God then sometimes initiates it himself. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Uh, Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, gifts of healings, working of miracles, special faith, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy. All these things discerning of spirits are manifestations of God himself moving and initiating some things he reserves the right to initiate things before we do amen in other words we always come to him on the basis of his word we can always approach him if he hasn't started it amen because he already did start it in his word he sent jesus but then there are times when sometimes you know you just need help sometimes you just you, you know you're sometimes people are just kind of in a fog you know especially when symptoms are 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 very strong and sometimes it causes weakness and things like that and so God will say hey listen i know what you're going through let me manifest on your behalf let's do this together amen and then we respond in faith and he does the work amen but also in 1 Corinthians the 12th chapter towards the end of the verse it says this and god hath appointed or set some in the church First apostles, secondarily prophets, after that um, teachers, gifts of healings, working of miracles, amen, helps, administrations, diversities of tongues. And in that portion of Scripture, he you, you can see that he's calling that he puts some in the church and gives them a special anointing where healing and miracles are concerned, amen, to help us, praise God, amen. And that's what he's called us to do. That's the primary way we minister because we're called to that office and called to that ministry with healing and miracles following. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so um, as God does that and he calls people, very oftentimes with that calling uh, comes like a spectacular side of that calling. You know, with Paul, the Bible says, you know, that he was out persecuting the church. Saul was, Remember? As out persecuting the church, and he had a vision on the road, didn't he? And the Lord appeared to him, talked to him, and uh, amazing things happened, but he had an experience, right? Peter had an experience up on the housetop praying so that he would know that the next thing that came, that was God confirming it, right? There are experiences like that, praise God. Paul told, you know, the the king, he says, this is what happened to me on the road. God called me. Praise God. So a lot of times there are some spectacular things that that come with those calls. I'd love to hear more stories of of people who are called and uh, how God called them and how God equipped them and just wonderful things. Praise God. I was five years old when God called me. Five years old. And uh, my family, we weren't even born again. We didn't even know God yet. And, um, but I was, I was taking a nap and I had a, like a vision or a dream, something like kind of in between there. And I was five years old and I saw, and I heard something. I saw a lady singing and I heard her sing. And then I heard another voice saying, that's you when you're older. And he said, you can't sound like that right now. Cause you're just a little girl. <laughs> so sweet. But he said, I've called you and I've given you a voice. Praise the Lord. Well, because I didn't know God, I didn't know what all that meant. But the singing part is what kind of took me on a path then. And uh, prepared me for the things that God then eventually had me walking into. Praise God. And so singing was a part of my life for a long time. And then got me into Christian groups and things like that. And eventually uh, on the path of the ministry that he had for us. Praise God. But when he said, I've given you a voice as a five-year-old kid, all I heard was the singing part. I didn't know the voice also meant preaching and teaching. Found out later that's really the voice he meant. Amen. That's the ultimate call was that voice and influence. Praise God. Preaching and teaching and through the foolishness of preaching. The Bible says people are saved. Amen. Not through the foolishness of singing, (laughs) but through the foolishness of preaching. Praise the Lord. And so he gave us a voice. Glory to God. Well, 20 years after that vision, when I was five years old, I was 25 years old and we were in Brother Hagin's meeting in Chicago. And I was just leading the music in the morning service, and I saw what I saw when I was five. Not déjà vu, but I actually saw what I saw when I was five. What the Lord had connected me with 20 years earlier, I saw that event. Praise God! It was privileged to see it, and I thought, "Wow, isn't God's plan amazing?" Amen. And then in um, 1994, uh, Brother, uh, uh, we were in a meeting and. and uh, just to go to, to one of Brother Hagan 's meetings, Kevin and I had already been in our own ministry for a couple of years. And we were accustomed to uh, laying hands on the sick while we worked with Brother Hagan 's ministry. He had a tremendous healing anointing tremendous healing anointing that he received really directly from the lord jesus he had one of those spectacular experiences where he was preaching in 1950 and maybe many of you have read read his books and heard his testimony in 1950 he was preaching in a tent meeting in rockwell texas and he heard a voice say come up hither come up to the throne of god and all of a sudden he was up there where the top of the tent should be all of a sudden he was up there with jesus and they went to heaven And when they got to heaven, Jesus uh, stood before them and he said, put your hands out like this. And Jesus took the finger of his right hand and put it in the palm of each one of Brother Hagin's hands. He said, and when he did, they said, my hands began to burn like I was holding coals of fire. And Jesus said, I have given you, this is a special anointing to minister to the sick. I see he said, I called you to lay your hands on the sick. He said, but this anointing will not work unless you tell the people that I told you to tell them that I appeared to you, that I put the finger of my right hand in the palm of each one of your hands. And so he said, he said, this anointing will not work unless I tell it. In other words, because why I need to tell you what to expect to receive. That's what Jesus did in Luke chapter 4. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. You can expect to receive. Amen. Pastor said this morning at the end of the service, many people came to hear him and to be healed. Amen. They came expecting to hear and to be because they knew that he was anointed with that power and that anointing would drive out sickness. Amen. Amen. And so Brother Hagin had that wonderful testimony, and because we worked so closely with him many times, Brother Hagin would lay his hands on my hands, and that same anointing would be transferred into my hands. And he would say, now, Annie, you go minister to the sick, over and over and over again, time and time again. And so I ministered with that anointing. After a while, he wouldn't even put his hands in my hands. He'd just say, is that anointing on you? I'd say, yes, it is. And he'd say, now go minister. Praise the Lord. And that's by association, by serving another ministry. It doesn't come just because you sat in one service, and now I got Brother Hagin's anointing. (laughs) And I didn't get Brother Hagin's anointing. I got an anointing because of my association with him. It's not his anointing. It's God's. Amen? I know some people say, I got so-and-so's mantle. You got God and what God called you to do. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. But by association, then we we, we ministered with that same anointing and got accustomed to ministering with that anointing in our hands that we could feel the power go out of us and go into people. Beautiful. Wonderful. But then in 1994, Kevin and I were were, uh, in a meeting and we were just attending one of Brother Hagin's meetings. And uh, we were praying before the service with three other ministers in a room and just praying like they did in Acts chapter four. Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal that signs and wonders would be done by the name of your holy child, Jesus. That's what they prayed in Acts chapter four. And so we were praying along those lines and we were just praying, God, raise up people who will be obedient, raise up people, who, and you can use them, stretch forth your hand to heal. And about that time, the power of God hit me. And it hit me so strong, and I seemed to, to, to leave like, leave my body and go up, like Brother Hagin did in that, in that vision. And it felt like I was going up. Well, to be honest with you, it frightened me. I had never had an experience like that before, and so I backed off. And when I did, I I, I just went against the wall at the hotel room and I just slid down the wall and sat on the floor. And when I did, the power of God hit me in such a way that I had never experienced up until that time. And the power of God went into my hands, but not just like I was holding fire, not just like I was holding heat. It was more like I got hold of live wire or like the live wire got hold of me. You ever had that experience where you can't let go? You can't let go. And it went from my hands all the way up into my shoulders like electricity. And it was so tangible to me that I thought if I touched anybody, they'd feel it. I, t- I took Kevin's hand and I said, please tell me you can feel this. And he said, I'm sorry, I can't. I took the other minister's hand and I said, please. And he said, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't feel it. But then when I held their hands, I said, Lord, what's going on? What is this? He said, up until now, you've been ministering with this anointing by association but this one's yours. Hallelujah. He said, and I endeavored to get you to come up to receive it. But you wouldn't come, so you had to receive it in your flesh. That's why I felt the way it did. Praise the Lord. But he said, I've called you and I've given you a special anointing to minister to the sick. Praise God. Hallelujah. And that's what we're going to minister to you with in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The contact of our hands will transmit God's healing power to you tonight. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. People ask oftentimes, will it be an instant healing? Well, I will tell you this. It will be an instant manifestation into you of the healing power. God does it instantly. Amen. He ministers it. He doesn't give it to us in doses. (laughs) Amen. Amen. It will be immediately administered to you. Praise the Lord. But give God something to work with. Amen. Praise the Lord. By that I mean don't turn off what we call the switch of faith if you don't see a complete manifestation in an instant. Know that the power is in you working. Amen. We've had several testimonies here in the last, even in the last week, where people the day after or the second day after got the entire manifestation. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. But they know that the power went into them. Amen. We sometimes call it the switch of faith. The switch of faith. What do we mean by the switch of faith? It's like a light switch. In that sense, that when you turn on a light switch, you're not turning on the power company. Amen. You're not saying... Power be on, power be off. You're just turning it on where you are. Right? You're turning on the receiving part of it. The power company's already there. The power's already flowing, but you're just turning it off or on at where you are. And so when we say keep the switch of faith turned on, just don't turn it off. Don't say, well, nothing happened. Say, the power of God's working in me, that keeps the switch on and the power flowing. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There will be instant manifestations tonight. I will tell you that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Because God is moving. Amen.